Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome once again to Draft Day Live on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. The draft is over. (laughs) The first round took four hours. Rounds (laughs) two through seven took four minutes. Yeah. That was a fast-moving day. We are uh, digesting our Palace Grill lunch. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. And as always, we're presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Before we continue, I want to thank everybody who joined us during our live podcasts on Thursday night for the first round. This morning, first rounds two through four, basically. We we were going to do two (laughs) through three, and it went so fast, we did two through four. And now we're going to tie a bow on the whole thing. And, fellas, I know this is maybe the first actual like podcast people are going to listen to because we did not publish the draft shows. Mm-hmm. So we should start where the festivities started with the Alex DeBrinkett trade. Uh, traded to Ottawa for, the, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't what everybody thought it was going to be, right? It probably wasn't the total return that everyone was hoping for, 7th overall, 39th overall, and a 2024 third-round pick. And when this news crossed, I think the three of us kind of said, oh, that's it? Mm-hmm. That's really all they're getting for Alex Dabrinkit? We were told franchise ruiner. We were told uh, multiple picks, multiple prospects, multiple firsts, and it just didn't turn out to be that. So let's start there. The initial shock of the Dabrinkit trade. You walked in, Mario, and said, let's have a great show and slammed a six-pack of beer down on the table. Uh, Greg was the voice of reason, which I appreciated because I needed him in that moment. You know, <laughs> this shit has hit the fan when I'm the voice of reason. Yes, I was not expecting <laughs> that. We're, we're in a very dark we place. We were in a very, very weird says, place. You know, guys, it's not so bad. So, yeah. Just I was about 24 hours I ago. was happy to do that. Uh, yeah, it obviously underwhelming. Uh, obviously, we've valued Alex to bring it much higher than the rest of the league did. But apparently, and, and it makes a lot of sense, everybody is pretty much convinced he's going to go want to be a UFA after the end of this season. He's going to not take his qualifying offer, and nobody wanted to give up the farm for a guy that most likely is going to test the open market after a season. So that hurt the trade value. A lot of people were scared off thinking, I'm not going to give you two first-round picks and a top prospect for a guy I'm going to have for one year. Right. So maybe those teams that were were interested in trading him are now going to sit and go, okay, once he says, I don't want to be a senator anymore, then we'll try and get him as a free agent. Well, all we have to do is give him cap space. Yeah, and, and I think once the initial rage wore off from all <laughs> of us, because we got the news as we were leaving home to come here. I literally got in the car, turned it on, and I checked my phone right before I left, and I saw the eyeballs emoji from the Blackhawks. And I was like, are you serious? Yeah. Right now? Literally? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I, I was getting ready to leave, too, and when I saw that, I was like, well, I'm going to stand pat here for a few minutes and not head to door. Uh, not as far of his commute as Mario, so I, yeah. I, I had the luxury of being able to hang on for another 20 minutes, and it was kind of like, okay, you know, the, the car ride in was a little, I wasn't paying attention to whatever podcast I had on very much because it was kind of like, what the hell is going on here? 
then I was thinking maybe they'll take that seven pick and then package that to get that number two overall. Right. And I was like, well, let's see what this this can't be the only move. Mm-hmm. This can't be it. And it turned out it wasn't. It was the first of three. It was the first of first many. Of a, yeah. But you, a little bit more on Debrinkit before we move past it. I, your point is correct, Greg. Clearly, Alex Debrinkit is going to test the free agency waters as he should. Absolutely. Get that money. Son. As he absolutely should. He should let every team in the league potentially bid on his services and see what he wants to you know play for nine millions a qualifying offer he's going to make more than nine million yeah there's no doubt about that and what part of ottawa makes you think that alex debrinkett's going to say yeah i want to finish my career here i want to play the the best years of my career in ottawa there's no can't way that's happening that's can't yeah. cannot imagine that's going I mean, to be the scenario got, they've got some nice young players coming but there's not I don't look at them as a future world beater. You know, I don't look at them the way I looked at the Colorado Avalanche two, three years ago. They have a really good set of young players coming up. They do. Uh, they, they, they do. It's just it's hard Ottawa. to trust the Senators organization you know, to make it work. How many years have we been saying they got good players coming up? How many years have we been saying the Buffalo Sabres have some nice talent to come up and they're still mm-hmm. in last place every year? Um, so, yeah, it's not. It's still. A, it's still I've never been team. to Ottawa. I imagine it's a beautiful city. It's the capital of Canada. You usually don't make your country's capital in a dump, usually. Right. Um, so state capital sometimes. Still, definitely state <laughs> capitals, but not 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 country capitals. Um, I'm sure it's a great town. I'm sure it's got nice restaurants. Marion Hosa loved Ottawa. Still loves Ottawa. He he mentioned talks fondly of it. So I'm sure the people of Ottawa are wonderful citizens. They use their left and right turn signal indicators. I believe we learned that Kyle Davidson is from Ottawa. Yeah, they see, Luke can't Richardson be that bad. is from Ottawa, so, so be careful. <laughs> but be careful what you say. No, I, I have nothing against the city itself of Ottawa. I've never been there, so I have no, nothing to judge on, but I wouldn't want to play there. I wouldn't want to be a superstar player in Ottawa. No. No, I, I don't want to be that. I mean, Debrinket could be the big superstar that goes to Ottawa that turns them into a team potentially on the cusp of contending, and then next season they go big. That could be a, a, a best-case scenario for him. But unless unless he is blown away by the development of these young players and they have a great season and he's sold on the future of the Senators, yeah, I don't see a situation in which he doesn't say, let me test that free agency yeah, market. I wouldn't sign a long-term deal with a team that thought it would be a good idea to hire Pierre Maguire. It's true. That is a phenomenal point. I that is the best true. point made in the last two days. At least they came to the, at least they came to their senses real quick and said, eh, we'll yeah, put them back t- in the I'm booth. I'm tired of learning about where this kid went to high school. Get, the, get the, the hell booth. out of here, Pierre. Um, and Chuckle Mucko, our guy, says, uh, makes you wonder why they didn't hang on to the deadline for a bigger haul. Because he'd help them win too many games. That's the other thing. We want Connor Bedard, Alex Alex Debrinkit scoring 35 goals between now and the and the trade dead ca- deadline counteractive to that mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to win any games this year and we were we were talking <laughs> about it bef- before the show in between shows and just looking at the lineup as it is currently constructed and kind of looking at who are free agents that they might bring in who are restricted free agents on the scrap heap that might be uh take some flyers and and honestly uh, realistic moves that the blackhawks could make to shore up their lineup where it's which it's currently constructed now that is a Connor Bedardian lineup right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> like not good. It is. I'm not telling the Blackhawks store to start printing up those jerseys, but they should at least have the template. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> make sure you're stocked up. Uh, they probably are. But at least research what number he wore stock, in juniors. Yes, make sure you stock have up on your uh, on your nines and eights. Yeah. In the. Uh, in, in, in the jersey department, that's for sure. They probably have a lot, but you know. Yeah, just make sure you have enough because if that. If this plan comes to fruition and is clearly obvious that is what is going on here, that jersey will sell a lot of jerseys. The other reason you don't wait until the trade deadline is you got three picks in this year's draft, um, and that begins the rebuild. If you wait until next year to acquire those picks, you're not going to be able to do that. All you had, all you would have had, would be number sixteen with the doc trade this year 13, in the first round. Thirteen, 13 sorry, yeah. thirteen in, uh, this and year in the doc trade. Yeah, and it's just not yeah, and Mrazek, but the Mrazek deal, but it's just you know you, you got three picks for Alex to bring it, and and the rebuild is officially underway. Um, it's you know I I know it is really painful to see your best players 
go. And especially to have, at the moment, nothing to show for it on the ice. It really sucks. It's really painful. But I think we need to be careful of falling into the trap of Kyle Davidson sucks. He will forever suck because he didn't get a prospect from Ottawa. Because Lossie Thompson was not included in the Alex DeBrinkett trade. Well, listen, right. when Connor Bedard is getting the Conn Smythe Trophy at Center at the United Center in 2027, <laughs> nobody's going to care about that prospect. Nobody's going to care about Alex DeBrinkett anymore at that point. That's the, that's the idea here. Right. But I, I do fall back on the fact that you can still make that trade and still get a prospect. Absolutely. Yeah, you're so, not wrong. 100%. Yeah. You're not but wrong. Kyle Davidson he, said it uh, yesterday that they discussed – a prospect as well, but he didn't push too hard because he liked that second-round pick too. He thought the value of the second-round pick this year was more valuable than any prospect that Ottawa would be willing to give up. Look, Ottawa's not going to give you Jake Sanderson. It's not happening. Right? There's no shot in hell that's happening. So throw that out the window. Then you start to look at some of their other, other prospects. They're nice, but you could see what, what Davidson is saying is, look, we've got a guy we think is going to be there. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, but... You know, it, it, that's what he said. He justified it. So, okay. Fine. What, what exactly? I know they changed the lottery rules, and it could change again between now and then. What are the rules where if you're the worst record, what's the farthest you can drop? You can only drop to, like, third. If, you're, right? if you have the worst record, you can only... You can only drop two spots. You can only drop a maximum of two spots so now. You, is if it you, get two the, or you is finish it with the worst three? record, you are guaranteed like top NBA, top yeah. NBA, you could go to four, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think believe in no, the, the NHL. The, NH, the NHL changed it because it was it was if you had the, the top overall pick or best odds at the top overall pick, meaning you had the worst record, you could fall to fifth, I think it was, at one point. Uh, but now it's... The lowest you can go is third, I believe. Nice. So you finish with the worst record in the league, and they are definitely heading in the direction. conversation. Yes, you're yep. at the very worst getting third, which means you're either getting Mitchkoff or Fratelli. Uh, you know what I meant, Fantilli. Uh, the Fratellis? Yeah, <laughs> Fant- Fantilli. Yeah. Yeah. Did that Fantilli. Sorry, this is our this is our uh, <laughs> this is our ninth hour on the air in the last eighteen. My brain is goo. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, at the very worst, I know people are like, well, you don't guarantee yourself a first. No, you don't. But you have to take that chance. You have to play that game. And if, if you're going to be bad enough that you guaranteed you don't pick higher, you don't pick any lower than third, and next year's draft, the top three are all franchise-altering type players, okay. So you don't get Bedard, so you, so you, so you get Mitchkoff instead, which, again, yes, there's risks there with the whole Russia stuff. Yeah. But you're setting yourself up to get a generational player. Uh, Brad in the chat says the Hawks only won 28 games this year with Flurry. How many games do you think they would have won without him? And they had to bring it right. Mm-hmm. But again, if to bring it's hardest set on testing the UFA market, he's not going to re-sign in Chicago for a rebuild. That's not going to happen. And now you have three pieces that will be here in the future that you wouldn't have had if you didn't trade them. Right. It's really hard to say, you're looking at, well, Alex DeBrinkett scores 40 goals and he's great. And they sucked with him. All those things are true. But again, you're looking at losing him regardless in two years. Right. And, and, and then what, right. And if it, you wait till the deadline, yeah, maybe some team goes crazy and gives you a first round pick or two, but the teams at the deadline that are going to be bidding for Alex DeBrinkett aren't picking at the top of the draft. Right. You're not getting a top 10 pick at the deadline. You might get multiples. You might do something like a Brandon Hagel trade, but that's not the sort of thing that's going to get you back to where the Hawks were in the middle, in the early yeah. and mid 2010s. Because, because the guys, the guys that are going to make a deal for Alex to bring a deadline aren't picking seventh in the draft. Right. They're picking You're looking 25th, at fifth, Tampa and Colorado yeah, exactly. and those teams that are going to be at the bottom of the first round. So yeah. you've got to like, and I'm guilty of this too. Last night I was pissed, but you've got to like see it through. You've got to zoom out and look at it from you know, from from the whole perspective of it, of are they going to be able to resign him? They apparently think not. Mm-hmm. Kyle Davidson talks to the agent. They know what the player is thinking. Yeah. Just because Alex Tabrinkit wasn't the ones last year, like Jonathan Taves, and to a lesser extent Patrick Kane, to express some frustration with the direction doesn't mean he wasn't feeling that way. Right. Maybe he was just a little more professional about it and saying, hey, look. Much better poker face. I'm just telling you. Like, this is great, and I'll be here and, and be happy to be a Blackhawk until my contract's up, but 
I have no interest in being part of this long term. Okay. And other GMs know that too. Because guess what? Alex DeBrinkett's agent has players on Ottawa and Philly and New Jersey and everybody else you're talking to. There's not a, really a lot of secrets when it comes to between the leaders of franchises. Yeah. People know how things are going. For so all we know Kyle Davidson reached out to us and you're going, hey, uh, we want to, do you want to sit down some point this summer and talk contract extension? No, we're not interested in that right now. Okay, we're going to trade you. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're not interested in talking about extending him, so we're going to get what we can for him now and move on. And not an easy decision, but... When, you, when you're looking to start over, you start over. Yep. And that's what they did. All right. We should actually discuss the picks they made. Reminder, we will be joined at 340 by Blackhawks television analyst Colby Cohen. He's got, remember, not only does he cover the Blackhawks, he covers NCAA hockey. He's got a feel for a lot of these prospects, so we're going to pick his brain. But before we do that, we're going to tell you about our friends at PointsBet and, of course, our friends at Strava. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only will you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but you'll also, if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you're going to get that free CHGO membership, access to all of our great web content, and a free t-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker like mine right here. I got mine on. I've been wearing it all day, and it's not sweaty, unlike last night. <laughs> Any questions, email us, pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll get you squared away. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. Get your phone out, download the app, use the code CHGO. You're ready to go in minutes. It's awesome. It is the fastest sports book, and you'll download it easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Well, while Kyle Davidson and his scouting staff were hoping they filled the Blackhawks pipeline full of game changers, you can fill your coffee pot every morning with a game changer, and that is CBD, uh, Strava CBD Craft Coffee. It's a game changer, and it's helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life, including many of your favorite CHGO personalities. Strava delivers delicious, fresh-roasted specialty coffee infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. The CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer you some real benefits, such as feeling more alert and focused without all the jitters. You're going to live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can also help you enjoy a more restful night's sleep so you wake up feeling your best, ready to brew yourself another pot of Strava Craft Coffee. Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch. It's fresh. It ships straight to your door. They got a wide variety of flavors of CBD concentration levels. You can get it whole bean, ground, K-cups, whatever your preference is, they will take care of it for you. Plus, CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire order by using the promo code CHGO25 at checkout. That is 25% off your purchase at Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, craftcoffee.com by using that promo code C-H-G-O and the numbers 25 when you check out. And if you already love Strava, you can join the Strava Coffee Club. Subscribe and save. When you remember the Coffee Club, you are in total control. Pick all your favorite flavors. Tell Strava where you want it sent to, when you want it, and guess what? Tell them where to stick it. It's <laughs> on my porch, please. Thank you. <laughs> it shows up exactly when and where you want it. It's beautiful. Uh, one one more thing on the Brinkhead thing. John Fife in the chat says, "I want to know what team Friedman was talking about." Elliot Friedman that offered two firsts, one of them pretty high. Don't know. We don't know. And remember, we said this last night. But in case you missed the last six hours of our programming, um, <laughs> you people put stuff out, right? Kyle Davidson get detected. We got an offer, two first round picks. That's just being a savvy GM, right? You're trying to you're trying to drum up, you know. So Ottawa comes to you and they're like, um, "We can't give you two, but what about this?" And yeah. Okay, fine. You right, know, you're right. trying to drum up the value of your of your asset. So who knows? Maybe that team something fell. We were just reading that the Devils wanted Slavkovsky. That was their guy, and then when Montreal took him first. The Devils were like, we're out of time. We can't possibly trade out of this now. No, 
a savvy GM would have a plan. We talked about this coming into the draft this week saying, look, maybe the Devils are willing to part with the number two overall pick if their pick is taken before they pick. The Devils should have had that deal worked out. Say, hey, Team X, mm-hmm. we want Slavkovsky. If he's on the board, deal's off. But if, if, if he gets taken first, we got a deal. Right. That's easy to do. you got to have that ready to go. You don't make the decision when the pick's made. You've got to have scenario A, B, C, D, E when you're picking that high in the draft. So it's not just Chicago that has some incompetent moves happening at the draft. <laughs> it happens to everybody. You know, it's, it's just Everyone's susceptible to doesn't it. doesn't make it easier. All right, let's get into the picks here. Uh, with the seventh pick, the one acquired from the Ottawa Senators, nice Polish kid, defenseman Kevin Korczynski from the Seattle Thunderbirds, 67 games, four goals, 61 assists, 65 points. He's 6'2", 185, and shoots left. And this is really, as we discuss this entire draft, you're really seeing what Kyle, Davids prior, what Kyle Davidson is prioritizing. Mm-hmm. Speed, size occasionally, and compete level. Mm-hmm. Korczynski checks all of those boxes for the Hawks. Big big thing in this year's draft class is speed, tempo of of their game, compete level, like you said. With the defensemen, it was size and mobility. With the uh, forwards, it was very much just the the north-south speed uh, factor to their game. And every pick they took checked those boxes. And and Korczynski, uh, you know, he, he sounds like a pretty solid uh, defenseman, big, mobile, likes to join the rush, needs to work on uh, on his game, his his own defensive game. Um, but I mean, that's that's something that we've we've seen before. That's something we've seen develop before. Um, he compared himself to uh, modeling his game a little bit after Shea Weber. That's not Shea Theodore or Shea Theodore. Um, either one of them, not That'd so bad. Either way, like yeah. I'm good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Shea Theodore. So yeah, I, th- I think that that's you know uh, uh, might have been a little bit a uh, little bit early in the first round to get him, but uh, in the next pick that the Blackhawks made, they uh, they they made up for it by getting a player who uh, may have fallen a few a few spots there with uh, the 13th overall pick. This definitely is a guy that they targeted heading into the draft. They yes, they wanted him and they went and got him, and now then we move on to 13. Uh, a pick that made us happy. A pick uh, that was acquired for, we didn't really touch on it too much, but acquired for Kirby, Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc, yep. The Kirby Doc trade happening uh, before the Blackhawks made their seventh pick. Uh, yes. So it was, we were, we, we, you know, we went on air uh, knowing that they had at least acquired the seventh overall pick. We didn't know that it was going to be uh, the first of three picks that they would have in the first round, but. Um, yeah, the, the the 13th overall pick for uh, Kirby Doc. They also got the 66th overall pick, which was early in the third round, uh, both from the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so Kirby Doc is now going to, uh, as in, in his own words, probably benefit from a change of scenery. Uh, I don't think he's lying. I think that that's definitely yeah. something that he could and probably will benefit from. At the same time, Montreal is a very difficult market if yeah. you are not uh, yes. performing up to standards. Lower so expectations we'll will help a little bit. Um, they didn't pick him third. They traded 13 for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yes, there will be pressure, but um, they've got Slavkowski to worry about. They passed on Shane Wright. That's going to be analyzed for years and years to come. Uh, Shane Wright fell to four, by the way, ended up <laughs> in Seattle. Uh, so Doc is traded for the 13th pick. And we started getting rumblings last week that – or that was this week, I guess. The yeah. doc was on the table, and we're like, well, I don't know what you'd get from Last him at week, this point. Yesterday. <laughs> you got a top 15 pick for him, plus pretty surprising. So the pick is Frank Nazar. Is that what we're yeah. calling it? Nazar? Frank Nazar from the U.S. Development Frank Program. Frank Nazar III. I'm going to call him Nazar. Frankie Tree. <laughs> that Nazar guy. Frank My the Tank. 24 games played, 15 goals, 20 assists, 35 points. He's 5'11. 181, a right-handed shot, real good skater. Many many scouts and draft analysts calling Frank Nazar the fastest skater in this draft class. So the Blackhawks wanted speed and compete level. They got exactly that in uh, in Frank Nazar and a per, and a, a player that can play both on the wing and center. Started as a wing in his junior career, moved to center, and uh, I was listening to the, uh, the 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 Blackhawks Talk podcast on the way in here with uh, our friends James DeVoe, Charlie Romeliotis, and Pat Boyle. Uh, they had a quote from, from Frank Nazar about him transitioning to center 
uh, early in his junior career. And uh, Nazar said, well, my first, my, they said, how was the transition from wing to center? He said, well, my first game as a, as a centerman, I had five points and was a plus six. So it's been pretty good since then. <laughs> so uh, that would be great. That'll if he do. Could, uh, if he could continue to, uh, to develop and excel at center position, that would be fantastic. If the future of the center position in the Blackhawks organization is Lucas Reichel and Frank Nazar, it's a good place to start. Yes, I would say that without even seeing Frank Nazar play a professional hockey game, they have upgraded from Kirby Doc. I'm already going to make that. All right, interesting. Because okay. as far yeah. as centers go, you know, Kirby, I, I'm, I want Kirby to do good, but I'm just, I'm glad that he's not our problem anymore. <laughs> um, not that he was a problem, but you know, yeah, what I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But, we don't have yeah. to, we don't have to bang our heads against the table yeah. about his 33% win percentage right. at the face. So Nazar that. is fast, really, really fast, and he plays fast. You could be a speedy guy and still not play fast. He's got both. Right. Uh, elite prospects scouting poll. They, they had a poll from various scouts from across the league. Uh, and he finished first in the entire draft class as far as having the highest ceiling. So that's impressive. A lot of scouting like reports. like to hear that. A lot of scouting reports to make it. I, I don't like making comparisons to, to current players, but that's what scouting reports are there for. The name Braden Point comes up okay. a lot when you talk about yep. Frank Nazar. That'll work. Getting I him like at that. 13. I wanted him at 7. We that's all did. That's why I was excited. When, yeah. when, yeah. when he came in at 13, that's why we have that, that gif reaction of <laughs> us. I like Mario. And, and that, that, is, that is no slight to Kevin Korchinski. We, no. we are just as excited about your future with the organization. Yeah, I think we desires. probably would have flipped those two. We yes. flipped the two, we would have been just as happy. So, by the way, we're going we're gonna to get a... a, 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 a cleaner version of that gif and that's going to become the chgo blackhawks blackhawks win gif we're going to throw yeah. it up there of us <laughs> celebrating so there you go you'll get to see it six times this upcoming season <laughs> and, uh, be on the lookout for that hopefully hopefully maybe <laughs> all right and then just when you thought kyle davidson was done he pulls off the trade that we've been saying the hawks should make for months yes. a long time peter morazic trading for peter morazic uh, uh, they get the 25th overall pick and Peter Mrazek. What was the trade that went back to Toronto? The 38th, 38th overall pick. Or 38th yeah. overall. So they moved okay. up 13 spots yeah. to take on the Peter Mrazek contract. Two more seasons at 3.6 million. Toronto definitely needed to clear that space. Blackhawks can take on all the salary they want at this point. Uh, unfortunately, as we mentioned at the end of the last show, they'll be taking on the Duncan Keith stupid yeah. recapture yeah. Uh, thing. But whatever, that doesn't matter right now for the Hawks. So, uh, Mrazek. I wish we didn't have so much to talk about. Right. So that we could give Duncan Keith retiring a proper send-off. Yeah, like, seriously. It's a footnote. It's like, ah, well, shit, well, he there, retired. There's, <laughs> there's plenty of shows when we get now. The, I, all right, let's, let's commit to it right now. The first Throwback Thursday episode we get back, it won't be this next week because we're at Prospect Camp, so two weeks from yesterday, Throwback Thursday, Duncan Keith. Be the official Duncan Keith send The Duncan Absolutely. Keith appreciation right. episode because Lord knows he deserves it. So, uh, yeah, but Mrazek, an NHL caliber goaltender, went healthy. You have your starter. And you needed that, and it made sense for both sides. We've been talking about that since the trade deadline. Yeah. Take mm -hmm. on that contract and get a pick from them and they did that and then they drafted uh, another defenseman sam renzel is the pick from the waterloo blackhawks of the ushl 21 games played two goals eight assists 10 points 6 181 right-handed shot played also in the uh, minnesota high school ranks which is a pretty good place to play as a uh, american player um, he is going to the university of minnesota not this upcoming season but the next season uh, and he's more of a project defenseman, but the Blackhawks have time to develop players now mm -hmm. uh, because we are looking at a longer timeline in the rebuilding plans. Patience, patience, patience. Can't preach it enough. Um, I know towards the end of, of, of last season, some players uh, were thinking, oh, maybe the rebuild won't, uh, won't take too long. Nope, it's going to take a while. Yes. The, the, the long-term plan is a long-term plan. I, I think... Uh, our, our producer Kevin asked us last night when we finished the draft show. So how many how many years is it going to take? Three, four, and I said five at least. Yeah, I think five. in four years, if if everything goes right in four years, we can squint and say maybe a wild card or at least be I, compete for it until March. I, I think Jay yeah. said in four years you might see the 2007-2008 Blackhawks again. Now if they get Bedard, idea. that 
That takes a year. Might Cut a, a year faster. off. Yeah, Might be a little faster. Yeah, that's true. Because I think even getting Bedard suddenly uh, accelerates your free agency plans. Yes, people are going to want to come here. Yeah, you're going to be, okay, Bedard's here. Bedard We've got sells, a nice core of young players. Bedard will sell Now tickets. let's sign some free agents to bring in and comment Bedard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we got to get go. there first. Yes. It's got to happen first. Um, I loved the pick. Sam Renzel's dad is in the crowd right. with him at the draft. And I don't know if Sam's dad has ever watched a draft before, but they do call your son's name. <laughs> and he went, holy shit. It was like clearly on TV. And I don't know, maybe he, Sam was probably picked a little earlier than they expected, but the Hawks, he knew the Hawks wanted him, mm-hmm. um, but was still surprised by the pick. But to see the reaction of the dad was phenomenal. It was, he was like, was great. I can't believe this happened, <laughs> even though that's the reason we're here wearing suits and sitting in this building i can't believe he it happened drafted? it's amazing it's so cool yeah this was uh the 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 quote from from renzel uh last night after being picked by the blackhawks this is from uh, nbc sports chicago uh i couldn't believe it i had maybe a little bit of a feeling that was uh that chicago was the team that had the most interest in me but i never knew for sure i was kind of feeling they were going to take a defenseman but for them to pull the trigger on me i'm very fortunate um, and, and like, like we've uh, pretty much said throughout yesterday and, and, and today so far, the Blackhawks had their players they wanted. It was very clear they had their, their type of player they wanted, and they had their specific players they wanted because they, they, they trade into a position to get Kevin Korczynski. They trade into a position to get Frank Nazar. They trade into a position to get Sam Renzel. They trade out of the third round for a future third-round pick uh, er, er, earlier today. Um, because I, I, to me, that basically says we got the guys we wanted at these positions. We're gonna let's think about next year for a little bit before we dive into our, you know, our, our project picks later in the rounds. Yep. So I, I, I love seeing the Blackhawks have a plan, a set plan. Yes. We're not love used to it, that. and uh, it's gonna take a little. We got like, I think some of us still have some Stockholm syndrome to the. Just retraining th- the brain. Let's for throw sure. some spaghetti against the wall and see which one stick. Uh, strategy, <coughs> excuse me, but we have a general manager that has a vision, and he's put the first steps of enacting that vision and making it a reality. And that's mm-hmm. as I've said a hundred times over the last eighty-six hours we've been on live. Um, <laughs> that's all you want out of your GM. And it's up to him to make the right decisions, and it's up to the organization to develop these kids and get them here. And producing, right? And we just have to allow that process to take form and see if it works out. But the plan is intact, and so far, I'm a big fan of it. Well, and and that's the thing. Like, all we have to go on right now, and this is really any draft, unless you're getting a McDavid generational type player. Like, we look at Capo Caco, who is Camus, and Alexis Lafreniere. I can never say his name right, but you know what I'm talking Lafreniere. about the Rangers guy. Um, they've not become. The superstars, everybody thought they were going to. They still might. Heischer and Jack Hughes, both guys, you could be like, oh, I don't know if they should have taken them at number one overall. Right. So it it takes time to really fill out a draft. So all we can do, it might sound like we're trying to, like, spin this in a positive way. But for what we know, it is positive because, like we've said, there's a plan. There's a vision. You see what they're doing. You're looking at the guys they are drafting. You're hearing what they're saying. And it makes all the sense in the world. Now it's a matter of can they develop them? Did they choose the right guys? And honestly, no one really knows the answer to that. We won't know for a few years. All the draft analysts seem to like it. A lot of Bs. I know Corey Pronman gave him a B plus. Usually when the Hawks draft ends, it's like F minus. <laughs> what the hell are they doing? Like year after year, yeah. draft analysts mm-hmm. just pan the Blackhawks draft picks mm-hmm. over and over and again. Rightfully so. Yeah, how many of them are in Chicago well, right we were, now? We were talking about some of the draft history in in the recent years and going through some of the classes. There were a few years they shouldn't have even shown up. That, they, they they wasted airfare. You to look get there. you <laughs> look at some of these classes and it's like it's one get miles. One player <laughs> has reached the NHL level and it's like a handful of games. Like yeah. 2015, outside of Dennis Gilbert's 25 games in the NHL, which may be the only 25 he ever plays, no one else has done anything. 2014, outside of Nick Schmaltz, who the majority of his career has now been away from Chicago. Yep. No one besides Dylan Secura's handful of games. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you, you, you can't have an entire class with nothing. Yeah. Right. You can't have that. And, Not, and let alone I, multiple. 
multiple yes. entire classes in back completely to back with. years. Yeah. You can't do it. That's why we're our, that's why we're at where we're not. That's why they could not sustain a, co- a level of competition of winning. That's why they're not the Penguins or the Bruins who can draft and develop young talent. That's why they can still have Patrice Bergeron's and Sidney Crosby's and give Chris Letang a contract that he's 109 <laughs> years old. That's why they're able to do that because they can they could fill in with cheap young talent that produces at the NHL level. Also, they he don't sign them to the maximum contract right. with full new moment, no movement clauses so that man, and that, max term. Yeah, but that exactly. Latang deal, oof, that's that gonna is be, rough. That's going to be brutal in two or three years. Maybe. I couldn't believe that. That is so unPenguins. Yeah. yeah. Well, and now what? Like, is Malkin going to walk? Are they like? Seems it, like, like if it. you're betting on one of those two to have a better next six years. Aren't you betting on Malkin? Probably. I mean, he's had some injury problems. Yeah, but both I mean, Latang is and a lot hurts. Yeah, it's like they take it's, him it's out of the two back players to tank with before a lot of game. miles and, and, and many Letang, injuries. And Latang has had a lot of uh, concussion problems. And, and you look always at the, worry about guys like that. It's just one more hit to the head of the way before see ya. Yeah, and you and you look at the way they play. Sure, Malkin is a more physical, you know, power forward. But his game isn't so speed reliant as Chris Letang's is, right. and that even if Letang is healthy, as he approaches his late thirties, he's going to lose a step or two. And we saw what happened to Duncan Keith when he lost a step or two. Right, that is not the same guy. It is a cliff we'll save that for our Throwback this. Thursday Duncan yeah. Keith episode. Um, all right, we're not going to like give you the full breakdown of every pick. We we went <laughs> through the first rounders. We just don't have time. Well, so, so they, they maybe we could just do another four hour podcast. Sure, why well, not? Yeah. So they, they, they get three picks in the first round, uh, two defensemen, one forward. The next eight of eight of their next ten picks are all forwards, and they're all different versions of themselves. Right. Yep. <laughs> We've, we, we have, we have uh, identified the Kyle Davidson type. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a type. Some guys Some guys like blondes. Some guys like redheads. <laughs> Kyle Davidson likes fast guys. Wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. All I of just their got pi- drafted by the Blackhawks. <laughs> I'm sorry. All of their picks today were forwards. Yes. Yeah. All of them were forwards. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you see it there on your screen down the line. Paul Lodwinski, Ryan Green, Gavin Hayes, Samuel Savoy, Aiden Thompson, Dominic James, Nils Yuntrop, Torp, Yuntorp, sure. and uh, Rico Tohila. So uh, Jay got his Finnish player. He most wanted of one these, fin. Yeah. They one, made you wait. They, they, they went all North American until their last uh, last two picks there. Uh, Niels Juntorp is a from Sweden, and Tohila is from Finland. And they're all different versions of decent size, fast, uh, good compete level, a little bit of an all-around game. Um, the one uh, – I go back here to the um, – to the uh, analysis here from from NBC Sports Chicago. They talked with uh, the director of scouting, Mike Donahue. This was about uh, Samuel Savoy. It says, Samuel is just a ball of energy, a thick, big motor. Played some wing this year, but he also got bumped into the middle. Total character. If you can think like a Yanni Gord-type player, just speed, speed, relentless speed, just gets after it. That is... uh, that is an interesting player. Uh, I think it's you know a, a little small wrecking ball uh, of a player that's uh, can never have know, too many Andrew Shaws. Yeah, you get a player like that in the third round. One not scouting too bad. report said to him it said uh, make your decision or meet your doom. <laughs> uh, before we bring in our guest Colby Cohen, one more question from the chat. Uh, Shocky boys, not chonky boys, uh, Shocky says boy. guys, is there a specific later pick that you're more optimistic about? than others i'm really interested in um ryan green i just i just from what i've read about him seems like an interesting player put up big numbers um you know it's a bit of a project again a 6-2-179 so real lanky but that will fill out as he gets older uh you can never have too many big centermen so mm-hmm. that that's the one for me what about you guys i like the green pick that was a guy i had on my radar heading into the draft for one of those second or third round picks uh, I kind of like this the the Aiden Thompson pick in the third round. He's a 20-year-old, so he's already got some experience. He's a kid that can jump right into the Rockford Ice Hogs lineup this coming year. Uh, one of the fastest skaters in the USHL, and uh, had a big offensive uh, 
he had 58 assists in 57 games. So he's fast, a little older. Uh, I think that's a guy that, at least at the professional level, not NHL, but professional level, can be a contributor right away. I like Samuel Savoy. Thick, right. big motor. Sign me up. Let's, Let's go. do it. All right, tell people about Owen, then we're going to get to Kobe Cohen, and we'll ask him that same question on the other side of this well, advertising if, message. If you are looking to, uh, to fuel yourself the right way, to fuel, to fuel yourself and your own big, thick motor, uh, <laughs> the right thing to do is get yourself some Owen, spelled O-W-Y-N, uh, uh, stands for only what you need. It is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you the nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients. They are allergen-friendly. They don't contain any gluten or dairy. They are easily digestible. You may have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who also follows a plant-based diet. Right now, Owen and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase at liveowen.com when you use the code CHGO20. I've tried it myself as I am uh, getting back into working out. It is great. Uh, I definitely am feeling the uh, the benefits of the recovery from uh, from the workouts. I try and cut out gluten and dairy as much as possible, so uh, it's, a, it's a perfect product for me. So join Justin Fields and myself, one in the same when it comes to working out, and try Owen again, O-W-Y-N, only what you need. All right, let's bring in our guest, Colby Cohen, Blackhawks TV analyst, Terrier hockey alumni, BU <laughs> Terrier. Uh, for those that don't know, and you should know, Colby covers a lot of college hockey as well. That's why he was our A1 guest to bring on today. Uh, we'll ask you, of these draft picks, Colby, any of these guys uh, really have you excited? Yeah, well, I mean, look, I, first of all, um, I like the, the mix. You know, when you look at this draft, I, I think there's a, a healthy mix. Um, but I, I, you know, could hear you guys. I was kind of in the waiting area for joining you guys um the green room we call it the green room okay <laughs> i like it the green room um but I, I i'm with you guys on green you know i i think uh i'm excited about him i mean he's he's going to be you which you know makes him makes it a, a target for me and the program to go to <laughs> so the, the minute we drafted him i called um i called both their coaches actually i called jay pandolfo i called joe Pereira. Their associate head coach was one of my roommates at BU, and and you know they're they're excited about him. Um, you know, you look at this guy, and you you look at his size. He's going to fill out. I mean, by the time he leaves BU, he'll be twenty pounds heavier. Um, and you know, he's big and he's long. And from hearing from those coaches, they told me he already skates like a pro, um, and he plays at, at a professional pace. And those are things that you know come naturally to him. So I think that. Uh, this is a guy who excites me. I mean, I think the high draft choices, obviously, in that first round, are, uh, I think all three of them, for me, are, are exciting. But it, as a mid-round pick, I, I'm excited about Green. Um, you know, you get these guys who are big, and they're already 180 pounds at, at 18 years old. And then they're going to go really learn how to work out. I mean, I, I played, uh, I spent time in the national development team where they put a big emphasis on training and working out. Um, and then I also, my U18 year had left that program and went to play in Lincoln. And, you know, the, the training is not on par in the USHL necessarily off the ice as it is at college or the NTDP. So a guy like Green is going to go and be around world-class strength and conditioning coaches and really fill out um, and learn from Jay Pandolfo how to play in the NHL. And to me, that's, that's pretty exciting. One thing we saw from from this year's draft class from the Blackhawks that I think has been uh, you know something that they haven't really done a ton of in, in recent years, um, but this year definitely is looking at getting players that are going to be going back to junior or going into college programs. Um, you know, obviously the the importance of you know having patience and and, and waiting for these prospects to pan out. Uh, that's going to be something that we'll need to. You know, adapt to as, as, as Blackhawks fans, uh, not really having the expectation that anyone's going to jump in right away and, and, and be a player right away out of this draft class uh, at the NHL level. But other than your favorite, Ryan Green, uh, what's uh, mm -hmm. who, who, I think the three of us were really excited 
uh, when when the Blackhawks were able to select Frank Nazar, who is going to uh, the University of Michigan. What's your read on on him coming out of the the U.S. development program? Yeah, I mean that's look, that's another exciting player. Um, and again, I I actually asked the BU coaches about him as well because you know these guys recruit, they watch the NTDP, they've seen him play tons and tons of times. Um, and you look at the way that he plays and his speed. I actually got to watch him play for the U18s because uh, I, I had that on, um, you know, that was on NHL Network. So I got to physically watch him play in that tournament. And his speed was glaring. And, you know, that's a tournament of the best of the best at that age. Um, and when you have a kid who can stand out um, on that team amongst other, you know, top, top end players, as we saw, He's a guy to be excited about, and I like that he's going to Michigan. He's going to be around other players that are going to push him every day. He's going to be, a, you know, going against Hughes and and um, some other, you know, Samuskevich and and some of these other first round draft picks. Um, you know, he's going to play for Mel Pearson, a guy who has coached. You know, I can't name the number, but he's probably coached somewhere between you know, 25 and 50 first round picks throughout his college time, you know, albeit as an assistant with Michigan and now as the head coach with Michigan. So, you know, you're just putting him in a good atmosphere where he's already comfortable in the city of Ann Arbor. Uh, well, I know USA actually isn't in Ann Arbor now, so I stand corrected. It used to be in Ann Arbor. Now it's right down the road in Plymouth. But it, it, to me, it's a great fit. Um, it's a need. You can never have too many good centers. You see the teams that are winning in the playoffs. They're doing it with great centers. Um, they're doing it with guys who can skate, Braden Point. You know, I've seen his name pop up a couple of times. So, I mean, that, that was a good pick. I, I liked how aggressive they were to jump in. And look, uh, talking to Colin Frazier, who's who's one of the, the Blackhawks Western scouts, you know, about the seventh overall um, pick, you know, th that's another guy who, um, you know, Kor is it Korchinski or Korchinski? Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay, so yeah, you guys Korchinski, got Korchinski, yeah. So you got the pronunciation on that, but I mean, Shea Theodore is the guy that I keep hearing him compared to. And I know, I know Mike Donahue talked about that a little bit, but you know, Fraz, who you guys well know from playing here, uh, he did some TV work with us this year and some radio work with us this year. So I got to know him and spend time with him on the road and hear about how he scouts players and what he's looking at. And he saw him play a lot. I mean, he saw it. I don't even know how many times I saw him. It was that many. And this is a guy Kyle Saul, Mike Donahue saw. So this is a, a consensus pick for the Blackhawks because so many of our high-level uh, and trusted people got to watch him play. And, you know, I, I remember doing a Shea Theodore playoff game, Vegas' first ever playoff game in the NHL their first year. I was doing radio for Westwood One. And, you know, that was the first time I went, wow, this, this Shea Theodore guy is a special player. So when I start to hear comparisons uh, to Shea Theodore, I mean, that's exciting. I mean, these defensemen that can skate the puck up and down the ice and completely change the pace of a hockey game, you know, I, I like that. But um, you guys mentioned this before I came on. These are all players that, you know, they're not going to – you're not going to see them in Blackhawks uniforms in regular season games probably for – three years out. I mean, you know, you, you know, you, you just aren't, I mean, these are big guys. They're light. Um, you know, Rinzel's the same thing. I mean, I know a lot of people were like a little curious at that pick, but again, like when you draft a guy in the first round, that means everybody has seen him. Everybody. That means your head scout, your GM, your assistant GM, your player personnel. I mean, that means everybody saw this guy and you look what he did in the USHL in a brief period of time. He put up good numbers coming out of that height, you know, that Minnesota high school. He's going to go play in Waterloo. Then he's going to go play at, at Minnesota. And, you know, Paul Martin is, is, is now the defensive coach for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So he's going to go learn how to become a pro while playing at Minnesota with Paul Martin on the bench. Um, you know, again, like I, I like the pick. He's six foot three or four potentially. And he's going to end up coming to Chicago at 210 pounds in three or four years. So, um, you know, look, uh, they're all pretty excitable picks. But let's in 12 months when we see how these guys have done in their first year in college, their next year in junior. Like, I think that's when we'll really start to know, like, how far these guys are off uh, when we get to watch them go through a training camp, go through a couple development camps. But, you know, overall, guys, like those first five picks, you know, Aiden Thompson included, 
um, who's going to go play for David Carl, who's, you know, going to be an NHL head coach if he pleases. Uh, that's, that's another one. Like I, I liked it. I did. I mean, we'll see, like I said, in 12 months, uh, 18 months, but, but I, I liked where they went and the directions that they went with these different players. Based on what you know, who do you think is the surest thing of the picks the Hawks made? You know what, guys, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and even lie to you guys because I haven't seen enough of these players. Sure, you know, sure. I got yep. to see Nizar um, play in the U18s, but only I, I saw him play three games. So I can't make my opinion based on what I read on the Internet and watching him play three games. So, um, you know, you'd like to think your seventh overall pick is, is a sure thing and he's going to get every opportunity to succeed. And I think the same goes with Nazar too. Like when you have draft picks in that top 15, it matters to a GM that their player makes it. And so they're going to put the resources behind him and the time behind him. But, but I, I just, you know, guys, I'm not a scout and I don't watch the OHL, the WHL. Like I don't see those games. So I know what I've read, um, but I don't base my opinion on, on what I've read. I'm looking forward to being at development camp uh, in a couple of days I'm actually going to be brought, you know, Chris Vossers and I will be broadcasting one of the games at development camp, I think on the 15th, I believe don't. So I'll get a little bit of a better idea after seeing these guys at development camp, what my true feelings are. And then I'm happy to give you guys a little more on that, but, but I don't want to come on here and base everything that I I'm saying off of what I read on the internet, because I think that's a pretty dangerous game to play. No, I appreciate that for sure. Well, with that in mind, why don't we, let's turn the focus now to the NHL team. And uh, I know you, you, you know, these guys a little bit just from being around the team and you've got to wonder if you're a Jonathan Taves or a Patrick Kane or a Seth Jones or a Connor Murphy, how you're feeling today, looking at what the next year or two is going to look like. Uh, how do you think those guys are ta are taking it, and how do you think it'll shake out uh, come the beginning of the season next year? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's jarring. Um, I think right now it's probably pretty emotional for guys like Kaner and Taves and and Murph and and really any of the players. You know, Seth Jones. I mean, you you could put any of those guys in that in that bubble, and um, it, it's it's a jarring thing to watch. You know, your 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 teammates get traded, um, whether it's a good trade or not it's tough. These are guys you go to dinner with there. You live with them. You, you might be roommates with them. Your wives are friends. I mean, it's, it's a, it's no joke. And so I think those guys are all probably feeling really emotional. Um, I just think back to trade deadlines, you know, whether I was in the American league or not, you know, we were all, we had high draft choices, prospects and watching guys get shipped out of the dressing room. Like that's just never an easy thing because these are your friends. So I'm sure um, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves especially are probably, even though they were told this was coming to some extent, this is, it's real now. And I think they probably have to, you know, talk to their, 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 their team, their camp, um, their agent, their families, and they, they've got some decisions to make on if they really, you know, truly want to be a part of, of this. But I will say this, like to truly rebuild when you don't have any assets and you don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of assets and you don't have a lot of prospects. You've got to make uncomfortable decisions. And I think that players uh, do understand the business side of it. And, and I think a guy like Seth Jones is going to have to now say, okay, you know, my job is to show up every day and set a great example and be a great pro and play at a hundred percent effort and, and usher along this next group and try to do what I can to help these players in training camp in preseason through the first parts of the year, because at the end of the day, you're under contract, right? And whether you ask to be traded or not, you might, you still might not get traded, even if you ask for one, you know, like you have a contract. I mean, you guys probably saw what Billy Garen said about yeah. Cam Talbot today. <laughs> I don't, I don't care what it, and the funny thing is, is that's my agent. Those guys, Jordan, George Bezos and Jordan Newman, th those are my guys. And so I'm laughing reading that. Um, but listen, Billy, Billy G's right you're under contract and so you got to be a good pro you got to show up uh, and you got to do your job and you know uh, take care of yourself take care of you know doing the right things being a good example and that's what a lot of these next couple seasons are going to be about so I do think we're going to see more turnover I'd be shocked if we don't I think we all are smart enough to see the writing on the wall for some of those things but ultimately right now those guys are Blackhawks and while I'm sure they're definitely feeling the emotions of it, 
they're under contract. And I know those guys, if they're in training camp come October, September, whenever training camp officially opens, September, they're going to be good pros and they're going to show up and they're going to do their job. And that's ultimately what you have to do when you're a professional, really at anything. Going quickly back to the to the draft class, we talked about Ryan Green going to, to BU, uh, Nazar going to Michigan, uh, Renzel going to Minnesota. They're all, not only just going to college, but they're going to some of the top programs in the nation, hockey player factories uh, for years. Is there an advantage, you being a big college guy, played college, covered the game, is there an advantage for kids like this for long-term development to go play in the NCAA level as opposed to a junior level, you know, OHL, WHL, does maybe that shorter schedule where there's more time to focus on individual practice and workouts, is that an advantage than playing more games in the OHL? And is that, is that a key for the Hawks? Yeah. I mean, look, I think, I think when you're, there's certain players where it doesn't matter. Like if Patrick Kane went to be, you know, Patrick Kane was committed to go to BU. If he would have gone to BU for a year, he'd still be a Hall of Famer with three cups and everything else. So it wouldn't have mattered, right? But Kaner is the exception to the rule. Um, you look at the guys that they drafted, and there is a theme. They're tall. Well, they're not all tall, but they're all, you know, pretty narrow players, right? They're all guys that need to be in the weight room, and they need that off-ice portion of it. And I think college allows that because you said there's 35 to 45 games. There's a ton of practice time. There's a ton of gym time. I mean, we were lifting two and three days a week at BU. Um, and, and on Sundays, we'd be in there doing conditioning. If you didn't, you know, it's, it's, it's very much, um, especially for a defenseman, I think. I think it's a great place. Like for Renzel, who's, who's, you know, a big, lanky guy who probably hasn't grown into himself at all. I mean, I remember James Van Riemsdyk as a good example. Uh, we were the same draft class. We played together at the national team. And him and I probably were like 180. One, we left the U.S. program at, you know, probably like 185. We probably both went in there at 6'3", 6'4", 150. We left the national team at 185. And then, you know, I left BU at 215. He left UNH at 210. You know, so it gives you that time to, you know, fill out because you're still on the ice every day. You're still playing games. You're playing against 25-year-old men. Uh, so you're playing against bigger guys when you see these some of these rosters they have men on their team. There, there are no boys, you know, at, at that level. So I'm a big proponent of the NCAA route, but I'm biased. I didn't play in the OHL. I do think for some players, it really doesn't matter. They're just so good. And I think, look, the OHL, the WHL, the Q, they've proven themselves to be a league that sends players to the NHL. So you certainly can't deny that. You know, you look at the Swedish league, the Finnish players, some of these guys. Again, I think there's, there's different routes that are all – positive but ultimately yes i totally agree with you especially looking at the guys we picked especially those college players i think two and three years for each of these players is going to be really important and again like um you know you're playing that type of competitive hockey you look at a guy like vlasic where they said look coming back you're not going to get better you need to go to the next level whether it's going to be rockford or chicago we don't know but their coaches you know, Jay Pandolfo said to Vlasic, you're ready. It's time for you to take the next step. He's played three years. And then you guys saw him at the end of the year. He didn't, you know, look like he was totally out of place. He had his moments, but he certainly looked like a guy who could play in the NHL. So uh, I like it. Um, I'm a proponent of it. You know, Minnesota, uh, Bob Motzko, Paul Martin, David Carl at Denver, um, you know, Boston University, you've got you know, Jay Pandolfo, Joe Pereira, they just stole the skills coach from the Boston Bruins, Kim Branifold, who's, you know, supposedly unbelievable with skating and skills. So, you know, you, you, you got to like that kind of stuff. Colby, this has been awesome, man. We appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for the flexibility, too, as we kind of had no idea how fast the other rounds were going to go. Uh, so thanks for being available. We appreciate it. And I, we'll... I, I want to I say one more thing to you guys. All right. Because I, I, follow, I follow all you guys on social media, as uh -oh. you know, and I'm, I'm oh, looking God. at it. No, no, it's, it's not a no God. <laughs> but all I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you guys to, like, not overreact because there's going to be more stuff that happens. And like when we saw that Debrinkat <laughs> trade, everybody lost it. 
right? Yeah. I mean, everybody. And, and listen, understandably so. It's emotional to lose a guy like that. We're all hearing we're going to get 10 first round picks for him, right? But then you start digging in, you start looking at the players who have been moving, you see the salaries that are moving, like, you know, you see the players that are getting targeted, and you're like, whoa, Debrinkat's salary is, is a little bit tough. But then they turn around, they clear a little bit of cap space. Unfortunately, you know, uh, in the same 24 hours, Duncan decides he's going to retire. So there goes your there goes your cap space from from Debrinkat. But you know, my in my opinion, the reason one of the bigger reasons that they looked at that trade is to clear money so they can take bad contracts, so they could get more first round picks and more assets. Um, and then they turn around and I thought the deal for Kirby was, was, was to me, like one of my the more impressive deals that they got and that they made. Um, I, I know that, that Jeff Gordon really liked Kirby and was all over Kirby for the last month, um, making phone calls, asking about him and stuff like that. So I do feel that there's a plan. Um, and I do feel like even for me, when I saw the Debrinkat trade, my eyebrows went up just like you guys, but my, my, you know, I have the devil and then the angel is like, okay, just calm down. Like, let's see what happens next. Let's see if there's a plan. And I know you guys have been living this for longer than me. And you guys have kind of been burned <laughs> by this whole, we have a plan thing. What? I, I'm, I'm around and I do feel like there's a plan. I really do feel like there's a plan. I may not agree with it all. You guys certainly don't have to or won't, but I do feel like there's a plan. And as media members, at least for me, that's all I can ask for. Give me a plan that I can communicate and that you're going to stick to and explain. And so that's all I'm saying is just let's give the guy a chance. Let's, let's see what the plan is. Yeah, no, you know what? I, yeah, we've been preaching that too. And, and I think the initial shock of the Debrinket thing, especially with what we'd been hearing leading up to it, was a bit like, wait a minute. I thought it was two high prospects and two firsts and all this stuff. And it, it didn't work out that way. But I... Myself, I was very calm on Twitter. I just said, to me, this is not enough. We'll talk about it at six. Which is totally to fair. Work. <laughs> no. my, my, my knee-jerk reaction, you know, was this: <laughs> that was a loss, uh, not getting enough. But by the end of the draft and as everything played out, I was like, okay, overall big picture, this was a very good night for Kyle Davis. Yeah, it's a good night night for this organization. And I I felt that with you guys, too. When I looked at the bigger picture, I went, okay, I see what we're doing here. And I was impressed with some of the moves. And the other thing that I really appreciated about today's draft, it was or the last two days, that was a collaborative draft. Okay, Mm -hmm. those players that they took from overseas, Mike Donahue said, I've never seen those guys. That means he's relying on professional scouts to make decisions that he trusts. And I'm not sure that that was happening here previously, as it's been said. Yeah. Yes. No, it's, there, there's, there's a team effort. There's a plan. There's a vision for the future. Let's let it play out. It's the first time we've had this here in a long time. So I know we're not used to it. We're gonna, <laughs> it's a little weird to have, to have a, a regime that actually is thinking more beyond this season. Um, but it, I'm, it's all good. Like as far as I'm concerned, yes, it's some of the, some of the moves sting a little bit. Overall, I, I I chalk this one in the win column for Kyle Davidson's first draft. No doubt. Mm-hmm. All, all right, man. Cool. All right, we'll, we'll see talk you next to you guys week. Soon. Sorry, we'll, sorry for for not no leaving. Problem. I know you guys are trying to kick oh, me good. out already. But no, I'm that's like, all no, right. We, we'll, 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 <laughs> never, we'll, never. We'll never. have lots of time to chat at development camp this week. We're going to be out there the whole week. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, guys. You guys have a good rest of your show. Thanks for having me on. All right, Colby. Take care, man. Thanks. All right. See you guys. Uh, Make sure you follow Colby on Twitter at ColbyCohen36. Before we wrap up, a ton of new names in the chat, by the way. Yes. Jacob, Fernando watching from Brazil. Chuck Muckle was here all the time. We don't need to talk about him. (laughs) Kalen. I I think Mr. Windy was in maybe the last two days or so. Tons of new names joining us. I think over the last... Uh, you know, what, 24 hours or so now, we've had 30, a yeah. ton of new people yeah. jumping in. Yeah. And if you're enjoying it. what you're seeing and you're on YouTube, hammer that like button. It like. really helps us out. It takes you right. half of a second to hit that like button. Uh, do it. Hit it. Do that. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You know, make sure you go on Spotify or Apple Pods or Pocket Cast, wherever you listen, subscribe. That's huge. Turn on those notifications on YouTube and on your podcast app so you know when new episodes drop. We are here five days a week. And like Greg said, 
We are going to be at Prospects Camp four of the five days next week. We're also going to be live as soon as free agency opens on Wednesday. It's only going to keep going from here. Yep. Then it will slow down big time. And then the preseason <laughs> will happen, and it will be wonderful. So we appreciate your support. A uh, huge thank you to Lawrence, who has been our producer through all of our live draft coverage uh, and our post-draft show. Uh, we all look very yes. tired. <laughs> we all need to go home. We all need to get some sleep and have a tremendous weekend, and we hope you do, too. Uh, thanks for the continued support. Thanks to all the new people, and we hope you stick around. Reminder, one final time, we're presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. For Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi, I'm Jay Zawoski. We'll talk to you Monday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.